This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Welcome to our online service. I'm so glad that you're choosing to join us today. I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to spend these next few minutes with you to give you a word from our God. And I pray that you've already been blessed this morning by the worship and how we are all able to decree and declare that we will praise our Lord. We will come alongside of all creation and lift our praises to him. And if you're joining us for the very first time, a very special welcome to you. You are joining us on week five of our October series, Bible Prayer. And we have been learning and renewing our minds, readjusting our focus, maybe understanding some misconceptions that we have had about prayer and learning what the Bible says about prayer and how we can apply that to our lives. So we're going to jump in today. We're going to look at what James says about prayer. But before we get started, let's open with prayer and invite the Holy Spirit in to this place. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you that we have this opportunity to come alongside each other as believers all over the world to unify our faith, to worship you and to renew our minds so that we can be more and more like Jesus. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this this place. We invite you into this time. We ask that you open up our hearts and our ears for what it is that you want to say to us, that you will anoint me, Lord, so that I will speak your truth with love and that you will just be with us during this time as we learn more about prayer. I pray for each person watching, each person listening, that that they will receive exactly what it is that you want to say to them today. We love you and praise you and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you were with us a couple months ago, we actually unpacked the entire book of James week by week. And we learned that James was the half-brother of Jesus And in his book, in the New Testament, he specifically reminds us that we need to live out what we say we believe. Now, this can be a very important lesson for us, especially today, because if we live out what we say we believe, well, we're we're definitely going to stand out today. People are definitely going to notice that we're different. Culture today says that we need to rely on ourselves. Culture today says that we need to do what feels good. Culture today says that we need to look out for our own, our own selves, our own families. And in culture today, truth changes by the hour. So James is encouraging us to stand up, to stand out, and to actually live out what we say we believe. So if we're going to live out what we say we believe, well, we need to have all of the facts. We need to make sure that we are meditating on God's word and that we know how to live in this world. 
And over the last couple of weeks, we've been learning how to have an active living prayer life. But to do that, we need to have these biblical principles. And maybe, maybe you have missed out on some of those biblical principles over the years. Maybe you've had a misconception or you've had a missing ingredient and or a wrong idea about prayer. And so why God made this series happen is we really need to make sure that we've aligned our lives with God's word and that we know what our truth is so that we can pray effectively. So we can pray according to biblical principles so that we can grow our relationship with God and do it the way God instructs us to do. So if you have your Bibles today, we're going to be looking specifically at James chapter 5, looking at 13 through 16. So if you have your Bibles, you want to go there today. James chapter 5, we're going to be looking at 13 through 16. So let's pray this together. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So as we look at these verses, we really need to look at them as an investigative reporter. And did you know that? I once upon a time wanted to be a reporter. I wanted to write and I loved the facts. I loved to be able to like look at a situation, write a story and, and use it with the facts. And there were five really important questions that we need to ask when we're going to look at a piece of writing, when we're going to look at a situation, when we're going to look into something, and that's who, what, when, where, and why. Five important questions prompted by the W word to kind of unpack and figure out a situation. So let's see if we can answer the five questions about what James was saying in these verses about prayer. So who, who should pray? Anyone. These verses tell us that anyone who needs God's help or anyone who has received God's blessings should pray. And we can either be making our requests known to him or offering up our praise and thanksgiving. But prayer is talking to God. So anyone and everyone can pray and we are all called to do it. So who should pray? Anyone, anyone and everyone. What should we pray about? Anything. Now we talked about this last week. We need to kind of figure out and that's part of the seven steps to answered prayer is that we need to figure out what we need and we need to ask God for it. And when it aligns with God's word, well, we can be positive 
that we're going to get our answered prayer because God's will is God's word. So we can go to God for anything. We should pray for healing when we are sick and forgiveness for when we sin. And we should offer our prayers of thanksgiving when we are happy and ask for help in times of trouble. We are to make all of our requests known to God in Jesus' name. Now remember, last week we looked at Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, and read, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. Enter the one who knocks. The door will be opened. Everyone who asks, receives. Do you feel that today? Do you feel if you make your request known to God that he hears you and he wants to give you those good gifts? This is why we're doing the series so that we can make sure that we know without a shadow of a doubt that we can go to our Father in heaven and he hears us and he wants to answer our prayers. More importantly though, we talked about that our requests need to line up with God's word. Because anything we ask in Jesus' name, the Father will give us. Do those requests line up with God's word? That's something we have to make sure. So when should we pray? When is it a good time? Well, James is saying anytime. We can approach the throne in confidence, knowing that we can come to the Father anytime. And he hears us. You don't have to make an appointment. You don't have to call ahead. You're not going to be put on hold. Anytime you want to talk to God, you can come to the Father and pray. Where should we pray? Where's a good place to pray? Well, in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus tells us. He tells us to don't stand out in the, in the street like the Pharisees and cry out to God so that everyone can hear you. And, and make a big spectacle of yourself. No. Jesus said, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. We talked about that. Sometimes we can get in front of people and we start praying and we become more concerned about what words we're using to make sure that we look like we know what we're doing than actually sincerely talking to God. And so Jesus tells us, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And finally, why should we pray? Well, we've been learning this is one of the most important things in our relationship with God is prayer. And why is that? Well, when you're in relationship with someone, you communicate with them. You're communicating with that person you're in relationship, whether it's your child or your spouse or a friend. Communication is, is one of the most important things. That's how you share with each other. That's how you find out about each other. That's how you help each other is by communicating. Prayer is communicating with God. 
and, and talking with him about anything, whether that's whether you need something, whether you need healing, whether you want to just thank him for the breath in your lungs or for the beautiful sunshine or for the financial blessing or, or whatever it is, we need to talk to God. And we need to remember that this is two-sided. Sometimes we're talking and sometimes we're listening. And we need to create a space and an opportunity to do that. And think about it. When you're going to uh, set up an appointment or a, a meeting or a, a little get-together with a friend, hey, let's meet at 5 o'clock. Let's go have coffee. And I want to tell you what's going on in my life right now. And usually, most of the times, you actually show up at 5 o'clock and you have coffee and you share with your friend. It's the same with God. Are we creating a space each day to meet with God, to talk with him, to listen, and to let him know what's going on in our lives? Now, does God already know? Yes, God already knows. God knows. He can look down and see what's happening in your life, but he wants to hear it from you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. And that's how we grow our relationship with God. We need to pray. We need to listen. And most importantly, we need to do this using the principles of the Bible because God's word is God's will and we need to be praying accordingly. So what is James telling us in these few verses? Well, he's telling us to pray. He's telling us to submit our request to the Lord. He's telling us that we should do this by praying, but also by praying, asking others to pray for us. So we ourselves are to pray, but we're also to ask others to pray for us. And James is specific about this regarding requesting elders of the church to pray. Elders are going to be those mature people, those people that have a mature relationship with the Lord. They're leaders of the church, typically they're pastors or they're elders. And when you need healing, you are to pray to the Lord, but you are also to ask other people to pray for you. And he goes on to say that prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. Now remember, we need to have that faith and belief in God's word because God's word is God's will. We need to have faith when we pray. We cannot doubt. God's word already tells us that he promises us healing and forgiveness and joy and provision. God's word already spells that out to us. And if we pray, but we doubt, then we're doubting God's word. We're doubting what God's word tells us. We're doubting if God is big enough to either answer our prayers, if he's even hearing us, and if he can actually do what he says he can do. And if we're doubting God, it's, it's almost like the prayer that we just requested is void. Because we're, we're not activating our faith and believing what we're praying and believing that God is going to do that for us. So we need to not only pray, but have faith and believe that 
what God's word says is God's will. James is also talking about healing and forgiveness. And nowhere in the New Testament is this close relationship between the spiritual and physical illness is so visible as is this passage. When our bodies are aligned with God's word, that means we are physically and spiritually well. These go hand in hand, which is why so many times if you're looking at scripture and you're, you're reading about Jesus walking among the ill, that he doesn't just say you're healed. He says your sins are forgiven. If you want to be physically well and have your body aligned with God's word, then you need to allow Jesus to come in and heal you spiritually. So healing and forgiveness go hand in hand. And how do we do that? How do we ask God to do that in Jesus' name? We confess. We confess our sins. And James goes on to say, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. When you go to the Father in prayer, confess your sins, repent of the things that you have done wrong, ask Jesus for his forgiveness, and then receive his forgiveness. And as Jesus would say, go and sin no more. Forgiveness and making sure that we are not living a life where we are sinning is all throughout Bible scriptures. It, it's telling us that we need to, um, even if we have unforgiveness in our heart, God tells us to lay our offerings down and then go make peace with that person that you're struggling with before we present our offerings to the Lord. God would rather have us living right and making sure that our hearts, our minds, our bodies are aligned with God's word than offering up all of this sacrificial offerings without making sure that we are right with the Lord. And having any unforgiveness in our hearts is, is definitely hindering God from working in our lives physically and spiritually. You have to remember the whole reason that Jesus came to this earth was to destroy and demolish the works of the devil and to offer us up forgiveness of sins, the ultimate sacrifice that he did for us on the cross. If you're carrying around unforgiveness, you need to let the Lord shine his light in that part of your heart. And you need to work that out. You need to forgive as Jesus forgives us. Go and sin no more. As I was preparing my sermon and I was researching, I came across this text. The writer writes, in concluding his letter, James encourages his readers to respond to all of the circumstances of their lives with prayer. 
all of the circumstances. That's what people who trust God do. A person's actions prove what they really believe. So any Christian who is suffering or who is in trouble should naturally be inclined to pray. It should be a natural response to do that. James' letter began with teaching on how people who trust God should respond to their trials. Trials will come. Suffering will come. And when it comes, it provides an opportunity to move closer to God, asking for help, asking for strength to remain faithful in the suffering. And if you remember, James starts off in verse 2 by saying, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Remember, God doesn't want us to lack anything. And when he designed the world back in the very beginning, it was his perfect shalom, perfect peace. And there was nothing missing and nothing broken. He doesn't want you to lack anything, but knows that while we live in this broken world, there will be things that we can lack. There will be things in our lives that will be missing. There will be things in our lives that will be broken. So he invites us to make all of our requests known to God so that we won't have anything missing so that we won't have anything broken, so that we will align our lives with his word, so that we can live in this world, but not be of this world, so that we are prepared, so that we can shine brightly, so that our lives will be evident to other people, so that we will stand out in culture. And if the enemy has attempted or has stolen something from us, all we need to do is ask for it in Jesus' name. All we need to do is claim it. All we need to do is take it back because God's word is God's will. And he, he gave it to us as a gift, as a love letter, so that we could use it as our true north while we live in this world. The writer goes on to say, a lack of prayer in response to trouble should be a spiritual warning. It's a symptom of a person who is not living in dependence on God. Another dangerous signal is not being quick to sing songs of praise to him when we feel cheerful or happy. Prayer should become the natural response to any circumstance or state of mind for people living in a close trust relationship with their father. 
I think sometimes that misconception is that prayer is when we make our requests known to God and that's it. Prayers in this nice little box when we pray. And, and I said that I think in week one, I thought that there were only three kinds of prayer as I was growing up. The kind of prayer that you say before you're going to eat, the kind of prayer that you say before you go to bed, and the kind of prayer when you need something from God. Three kinds of prayer and that's how you pray. But the Bible teaches us that prayer is a way to communicate with God, to not only make our requests known, but to also submit our praise and thanksgiving, to, to talk with the Lord as we would talk with someone we're having coffee with at a coffee house. And, and then even those times when we're on our knees, crying out, grasping for air, grasping for not even sure what's happening right now. And the Lord hears our prayers. He hears our sighs. He hears our moans. He knows exactly what our heart is saying because he created us and he loves us. Prayer is communicating with God, not only just communicating, but creating space to listen. And then the writer goes on to say, if prayer doesn't come naturally to us, and it does feel that way, James calls us to do it anyway. Do it anyway. Whether it feels awkward or as normal as breathing, prayer is the key way that believers express their faith in God. And what is James telling us? To do what you say you believe. Live it out. One of the reasons that we have been spending all of this time this month on Bible prayer is that prayer can feel awkward. It's one thing to go and actually have a cup of coffee with a friend or a neighbor at a coffee house because you can see someone sitting across the table. You're literally having coffee with them and you can hear exactly what they're saying and you're meeting with them. And yet when we sit down in the quiet of our room and we're communicating with God, it can feel like we're the only ones there. And here's the thing, when we create a space, when we create intentional acts of meeting with God, and we start to really listen, He's going to be there. We're going to feel His presence. We're going to be able to hear Him speak to us through the Holy Spirit. This, the soft, quiet, loving words that can totally be drowned out by the noise of the world. But we have to be intentional. We have to create a space to do that. We have to understand that to be in relationship with God, we need to be able to communicate with him and listen for him. And I think over the years, maybe we've had these misconceptions. We've grown up thinking that prayer is just 
one of three ways to pray. We've had these missing ingredients. We've had these things that we have viewed incorrectly and they have kind of skewed our interpretation of what prayer is. And now though, let me tell you, as we look at prayer, it has never been more important to align our lives with God's word. It has never been more important to align our, our truths with God's word. It's never been more important now, than now to have that close and personal and intimate relationship with God through Jesus, his son, and know who we are in Christ. It's never been more important than now to be able to effectually pray to God, not only for ourselves and for our family members, but for the world. It's never been more important than now to make sure that our lives are ready, that we are stepping out and walking out our faith and what we believe for the world to see. My friends, we are living in the end times and whether that's one day or five years, we need to be ready. We need to make sure that we are living without sin. We need to make sure that we are lining our lives up with God's word. We need to make sure that we are praying on behalf of our brothers and sisters all over the world. We need to make sure that our lives stand out against the current culture. We need to make sure that we are ready for when Jesus returns. Because he is coming soon. And however long that is, we need to make sure that we're not caught off guard, that we're not left behind, that we aren't able to fully access eternity and everlasting life, which is what we are promised because of what Jesus did on the cross. We don't want to miss out on one single promise that God gives us. And we just want to keep praying and applying our lives and trusting and believing that every single promise in God's word is for us and it's true and that we can have healing, we can have provision, we can have peace, we can have joy. We can usher that into our lives and live that out every single day until Jesus comes again. Isn't that something that you want to do? Isn't that something that you want to do for your family? to usher that in for your neighbors, for the world. It is my prayer that we can receive this today, what James is saying about in prayer and apply it to our lives so that we can have it a more effective relationship with God. That we can not only remember that we need to come to him with our requests, but our praise and our thanksgiving. And just like the song that we sang as we opened up today's service, so will I. I will praise God. I will praise everything that he has done. I will join in all creation and praise the Father. Let that be our prayer today. Let that be your prayer today. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. 
I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. And I just thank you for this opportunity to, to be able to dive in and understand prayer better so that we can come to you with all of our requests and be confident that you hear us and be confident that you want to give us the answers to our prayers when they line up with your word. And so I just pray for each person, Lord, watching today, each person listening, that they will grab onto this truth with both hands and that they will have a greater desire to grow their relationship with you and have a greater desire to grow their, their prayer life, to be able to communicate with you, to know you better, to share everything that's going on in their lives, Lord, to, to be that oneness with you intimately as a father. So we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to come together and unify our faiths. And we just pray that you will continue to step out with us one day at a time, reaching for your hand, laying aside the things of this world and remembering to sin no more. To remember, as James tells us, to live out what we say we believe. Help us to do that each day. We love you, we praise you, we thank you. And we ask all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus who saves. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for being here. Don't forget, one more week. Next week we're going to be talking about God's will for us. You are not going to want to miss it. So thanks for being here. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.